Do you have a problem recovering from negativity? Maybe a trauma or a negative emotion such as grief. Well, hello. My name is Steve Barham. I'm an emotional researcher. I'm Happiness Today on Twitter for Happiness is No Charge, which is the name of my work. Resiliency. Well, I have some experience with resiliency because I used to be very healthy. I used to be a martial arts instructor and I meditated and I ate fairly well and uh, correctly, I mean, and I usually bounced back pretty quickly from uh, most adversity and health issues. Uh, generally, I'd have a regular uh, cold or flu or whatever, and uh, even while it hit me hard or whatever, I'd, I'd endure and I would uh, recover, okay? One of my uh, earliest experiences was finding out I was allergic to bananas the hard way. I, it, I was about four years old. I was hungry. Uh, I'd woken up and my mother had gotten up and uh, taken me into the dining room and given me a sliver of banana. And I don't know if there was, you know, just germs and bacteria on her finger or if there was something with the banana. Okay, but I got horribly sick, had like a hundred and five fever, uh, was sick for many days. And then I remember my mother coming in one day and saying, oh, your fever has broken. You're going to live, <laughs> you know, and I, got, and I got better and better and better and better. I don't really remember the full time of recovery. There was a time when I was poisoned by my sister, the infamous turpentine incident. I was uh, still around four or five. And uh, my, I, I had gone outside and played and I was all, it was kind of cold and stuff and I was all wrapped up in coat and hat and stuff. And uh, I came inside because I was thirsty from playing and uh, my sister was there and I told her and she said, well, hey, drink this. Well, there was this jar with some liquid in it. It looked clear and I thought it was water, so I drank it. Turned out to be turpentine. Years and years and years later, my sister said, you know, I, I knew what it was, but I just didn't think you'd drink it. <laughs> you know, I was thirsty. Well, I don't remember any, I do remember the beginning. I got woozy, things went, I got faint and I started to black out and I fainted to the floor and I, I seem to have a memory of my sister running to the door to get mom. Uh, I'm told uh, they took me to the hospital and had my stomach pump and I do not remember any recovery. <laughs> okay. I don't. I don't remember anything about recovery or when I became cognizant again even. Uh, it's, it's a total blank. It's probably all there recorded by the uh, subconscious mind and everything but I haven't been able to really access it yet. There's a lot of shock. And shock is a disruption. So we'll, uh, we'll get into that.
but I recovered, so I'm fairly resilient. Uh, when I got uh, pneumonia uh, around, when, when I got chicken pox, I recovered from that. Or when I got pneumonia about eight or nine, or uh, eighth or ninth grade, uh, I recovered, you know, and this, that, and the other thing. So, as a healthy young person, you know, uh, I did pretty good, I think. And in my 20s, I had uh, I was uh, studying martial arts and doing healthy things. And uh, in, in uh, my 30s, uh, in the 80s, I was meditating. I meditated for over 20 years, over 21 years. So I was quite healthy. Well, in the 90s, I had a stroke at 42. What? <laughs> and this stroke... Uh, had a lot of effects on me. There's a lot of shock. There's a lot of physiological shock. I had about I had headaches for about a year. Uh, turned out that I had a, a sinus infection uh, also going on, and maybe that had something to do with it. I have a, a striation in my right eye from it, and for about 14 years, yeah, about four, 95. Yeah, about 15 years, I had, if we have 14, 15 years, I had a, a pressure up above my right eye. I got rid of that pressure over my right eye using the technique. I did the technique on that pressure as pressure charge. Pressure is an energy. Energy has a load. That load is called the charge. So that is not just pressure. That is pressure charge. And it went away. I haven't had it since. That was back in maybe summer of uh, 2010. So for 10 years, you know, uh, it's been gone. I rarely have even a twinge of it. It's what I call a psychosomatic remnant a phantom sensation that seems real. It was as if somebody had taken a hard-boiled egg and put it up above my right eye. It went away in a couple days. I did the technique a couple of times and it just plain stopped and went away. I wish it would work on the eye troubles, but uh, it hasn't seemed to because there seems to be some neurological damage there the worst headache of my life the night it happened and uh, it was just searing and blinding and I just went to bed thinking I was going to die. Well, I woke up I woke up in the morning talking like this. And when I get stressed, I go back to talking like that. I stuttered for 10 years. Uh, it, it, it kind of ended on its own in 2005. I don't know why. Maybe the brain made some new neural pathways. I don't know. But maybe my resiliency kicked in. But I have not had a complete recovery. It's been two and a half decades since uh, the stroke. In 2001, I started to have anger issues. And that turned out to be my thyroid burning out, my Graves' disease from my uh, bout with uh, candida in the intestines and uh, leaky gut syndrome, leaking bowel matter into my body and bloodstream and having that go everywhere. After five years of that, I ended up with PTSD 
and for two years I was three sheets to the wind in a state of debilitating stress most of the time. Debil debilitating shock and stress. In uh, 2009, I discovered this technique that I talk about based on emotional charge and the energy of what happens to us, etc., etc. But at that point, I had absolutely no resistance. I had absolutely no endurance for things. I had no tolerance for things. I had no resilience for anything. I had uh, nothing that really helped me recover at all for those two years, from 2007 to 2009. And I'd seen doctors. I'd been on two antidepressants at different times. And I got off of them quickly. <laughs> when I discovered this technique, I was able to start stopping negative emotions and bouts of uh, irritation and frustration and uh, panic and every other negative emotion. In 2016, uh, my father passed away and my sister passed away seven months later, and I was hit with all of that shock and grief, etc., 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 and the only thing that really got me through that and uh, the dissociation episodes, suicidal uh, ideation and hallucination episodes and stuff was this particular technique. This particular technique has given me back a lot of emotional, well, not, not emotional control, but the ability to stop that emotion, that upset, that distraught, overwrought episode of hysteria, that depression episode, that suicidal episode, that anxiety attack, that fear attack, that stress attack, that anger fit that my symptoms started with. I had a horrible time with anger, even with the technique, for five years. For six years, excuse me, 19, uh, let's see, uh, 2009 to 2015, I had trouble when stopping anger. Anger is a very jagged <coughs> wave, okay? It's very hard to stop, okay? Even doing the technique directly on the anger or the emotional charge of that anger, the anger charge, I call it, Okay, wouldn't go down even after 15 minutes, you know, 14, 15 minutes. And usually things like irritation and frustration, you know, can stop in under three minutes. Okay, they used to last 20, 30, 40 minutes on their own. And uh, I've had episodes last for 13 hours. Okay, without the technique especially anger. I could be in an angry state for 13 hours before I was just exhausted and had to go to bed. Okay, that happened one night, one day. And so with the technique, I was doing, you know, uh, usually things are uh, stopped in relatively short order. Usually we're talking minutes. Okay, average time, five to 10 minutes can stop an episode generally. Okay. 
what I discovered was doing in 2015, November 2015, I had this bout of anger and I was doing the technique for 14 minutes or so, a good 10 to 14 minutes. Wasn't going down. And I had a realization. Oh, I'm in shock. There's shock involved with this. At first, there was a shock and then it turned into anger. So it isn't just anger. And you might look back on some of your anger episodes uh, and experiences and you might just find that at the beginning of that, there was a shock and you couldn't tolerate it. it. It broke your expectations. You couldn't tolerate that break. And so you broke down into an anger fit. Okay, a fit of anger. You got angry. Okay, I can't tell you how many times I've done this with my PTSD. Okay, but even before that, okay, I can look back at uh, something and I know there was a shock and then I got angry. Shock is a big disrupting factor and it can hinder your recovery and it can hinder your res a person's, it can hinder a person's resilience, their endurance, their toughness, their elasticity, the ability to bounce back. Okay. It's like a rubber ball that's lost its rubberness. Okay. <laughs> lost its, uh, uh, lost its ability to bounce. Okay. Or an elastic band that has, uh, you know, lost its ability to stretch and come back and stretch and come back. Okay. So there's toughness. Well, even the toughest people can break. Why? They're tough. There was a third, there was a 29 year ambulance person, medic, in Australia. He had two calls where people died one day. And the first was a lady and the second was a man. Well, he gets home. He's fine. He's done what he always does, his job. He was focused on his job and he did his work and, you know, took care of things and it's too bad these people died. Well, he gets home. Two seconds before he opens the door, he didn't have a problem. See, he didn't have a problem during it. He didn't have a problem after it. He didn't have a problem on the way home. He gets up to the door and, and as he puts his hand on the door and twists the knob, he still doesn't have a problem. He's tough. Doesn't bother him. Okay. He's put those feelings aside. But what happens is he goes inside. So two two minutes before you know you know two seconds before he opens the door, he does not have a brain problem. Okay, he doesn't have an emotional problem. He doesn't have a psychological problem. He doesn't have PTSD. He doesn't have stress from it. He doesn't have you know he's fine with it. Okay, but he goes inside. One of his children comes up to him, greets him, you know, and says, we saw two accidents that you were on today on TV. 
do you know who that lady was in that first accident? He says, no. And his child says, it was a lady a couple of houses down who they knew very well. In other words, it's a lady from the neighborhood, a couple of houses away, you know? And he goes, oh, no, no, really? No, oh, I'm so sorry, you know? The shock hit him that this person who he had worked on died was actually also a neighbor. And that's what got to him. That was his shock. And his, and his kid says, and the other one was Mr. So-and-so. Well, Mr. So-and-so was a guy they knew from a store, and uh, he lived a few blocks away. And he goes, no, really? I, you know, I didn't, I didn't recognize him. He didn't recognize the lady either. He didn't recognize him because he's focused on his job and everything. But now he's hit with all of this shock, which disrupts him. And guess what? He can't get rid of it. He can't get rid of the guilt that he feels over not recognizing people he knew while on the job. And these people died. And he is diagnosed with PTSD. He is called, you know, no longer tough, okay, by his uh, co-workers and superiors. And he runs into an awful lot of uh, trouble uh, with that at, at, at work. I, I think he ended up quitting, okay. Here's a guy 29 years in the business in, in, in this work. In you know, first responder work, very good at his job and everything like that, doesn't have a problem, you know, two seconds before he opens the door. But suddenly now he has a brain problem? No. Suddenly now he has had an overwhelming shock. His brain got overloaded with a shock. There are a lot of overs, and I go through and I go through this uh, this uh, little sequence with my book, "Happiness Is No Charge to Target Your Emotions." Goes something like this: Pressure is an energy; it mounts and mounts and mounts. Right? When the amount on any given person is great enough. They get overloaded. That overload of that energy, that weight, that mass of shock, in this case, overloaded his brain circuits, gave him overwhelming thing that he couldn't believe. And he felt so much guilt over it, gave him all of these negative emotions, uh, you know, uh, of uh, guilt and uh, not being able to save a person that he knew and whatever. Where, whereas before, if it was somebody he didn't know, you know, he's fine with it. Isn't that odd? So 
we get this overwhelm we get this overload and we get overwhelmed we get overrun and we get overpowered and so there are a lot of overs i say in my book when i talk about this he's been trying to recover i don't know the rest of the story but uh, he at the time that i had read this uh, article on him he had been uh, trying to recover for several years i think at that point where was his resiliency where was his toughness anybody can break it's just a fact resiliency only goes so far there's only so much a person can endure there's only so much their body can endure their mind can endure their emotional state can endure and uh, nobody is really immune from it as far as I can see I'm certainly not I certainly wasn't I was a 10th degree black belt I've laid on a bed of nail I've laid on a bed of nails many many times I've been hit with two by fours everybody I've worked with has been bigger than me because I'm only average height and stuff and yet I endure I stay with it I had good discipline I had good emotional control meditation used to help me when I had my stroke I lost a little bit of that but I was still able to do it I was still able to meditate but when I got my Graves disease and I lost my thyroid and for five years I had the uh, leaky gut syndrome and then that was too much for my body to take and so it broke down uh, the nervous system and uh, I developed PTSD at that point I remember waking up one day I'd been I'd been a little bit better before that you know but I woke up one day got up put on my brown bathrobe with a hood so I looked like a Jawa in Star Wars I'm clutching the top of my bathroom walking from my bedroom out into the hallway into the living room which also leads off into the dining room and I'm shaking I am shuddering I'm going what is this what the heck is it? you know what happened to my life I was so cool <laughs> I know I know that seems funny now but but what's the matter you know what's the matter with me you know I was so good you know I blah 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 well that was the shock that was the breakdown that was that was the day I realized you know I am in a debilitating state of shock I don't think I could have even driven the car you know and so where was my resiliency from all of my years of meditation where was my resiliency from all of my discipline where was my resiliency from all of my good health years where was my resiliency from all of my martial arts training and building myself up and being strong it's gone okay I am three sheets to the wind there's no rudder it's just chaos <laughs> okay it is just chaos my body was in a total uproar for seven years at the point 
when I discovered the technique. You can read a, a lot of uh, my depression story uh, on my blog. Uh, I'll, I'll leave a link. And so it can happen to anybody. It happens to guys in wartime, right? Well, we expect the horrors of war to affect people. Okay, but it isn't always the horrors of war. There's the horrors of family. I talk to a lot of people on Cora. Their family's on them, you know, and they don't know what to do. They're in shock and they're depressed. They feel lonely in a full house of people because they're the scapegoat. Okay, so they're being broken down. They're being pressured. They're being overloaded. They are being overwhelmed, overcome, and overrun. The technique gets at this whole thing because pressure is an energy, and that energy is an action on us. Action is energy, and that energy has a load. There is a there is an amount, there is a, an intensity, there is a frequency, there is a polarity, and in this case, it is very negative polarity, okay? There's a speed to it, there's a momentum from it as it continues and continues and continues because the situation has overcome a certain amount of inertia, and so there is a mass on us an amount goes back to being an amount there is a mass of pressure on a person okay and so we get overloaded from that weight that burden okay that charge see energy has a load and the load is called the charge and sometimes in psychology, it's called the burden, okay? How does the technique get at this, and how does it help resiliency, okay? I am, let's use me as an example. I could use my alien friend Zox, but I'll use me as an example. I have PTSD, so I deal with pressure, I deal with stress, I deal with anxiety, I deal with attacks, I deal with flashbacks, I deal with uh, uh, hysteria and distraught and overwrought and frantic panic, and I deal with depression of many levels, and I deal with suicidal uh, thoughts and ideation at times, and I have stopped episodes of every single one of those with the technique by targeting the emotions. Okay, let's, let's take my hysteria episode, okay? 40 minutes. Uh, if I had not had this technique, I might have been several days in that uh, hysteria episode. As it was, it was only 40 minutes instead of 40 hours. So here I am uh, getting my uh, paperwork uh, ready for the uh, mobile home park uh, application, and I get home, and I start to fill it out and everything like that, and it comes to my financial situation. I go, oh, no, 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 and I panic. Oh, my God, what have I done? This is this, this, this. the shock of that hits me. I get an overwhelming load of dread and panic and 
I'm going to be rejected. It's not going to work. What have I done? How, how could I have been so stupid and brought these people into my little world and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and all this guilt? <laughs> okay, that's my emotional charge. There's the amount of that energy load. There's the intensity of that energy load. There's the frequency of that energy load. And there's the negativity of that, the polarity of that, right? Okay. I do my technique. And I'm, I'm you know, livid in this state. Foot stomping, hand shaking, livid. Okay. I'm stomping my feet and mad and angry and... and all of this whole range of emotions, okay? How did I stop that in 40 minutes or less? It might have only been 30, okay? But I remember kind of looking at the clock and thinking it was around 40 minutes. You look even even in this state, and there is a, there is a place in hysteria where you are just about to pass out and lose it and just snap. And I was at that point. I remember getting to that point, even while doing the technique. So I'm looking at these emotions. I'm naming them, okay? This is shock. This is hysteria. This I am in hysterics, so this is hysteria. This is overwrought and distraught. This is guilt and this this is mad and angry and and all of those emotions okay so i'm naming them labeling them this is psychology supported and recommended it is step one of the technique i actually uh discovered the technique independently of psychology and i discovered step one in independently but uh, in psychology they recommend labeling those emotions and saying what they are step two involves that that didn't work, by the way. Uh, naming things for me just did, didn't work on its own. Didn't stop a thing. No matter how many times I named it, okay? Didn't matter. So, what was the game changer? Step two. <laughs> Realization. Okay? My realization when I discovered the technique was this is not irritation. This is irritation charge. It's the energy load that I'm feeling. It is the energy frequency and polarity that we call, that we sense, uh, that we feel as a sensation that we call and interpret as an emotion. Okay, so I address the charge. This is shock charge. This is distraught charge. This is overwrought charge. This is overload charge. This is overwhelmed charge. Overwhelming charge. This is overwhelmed charge. This is overload charge. I am overrun. So this is overrun charge and this is overcome charge. This is what you end up. You end up overcome. Same. So I do the technique and 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 I do the technique for 40 minutes and at the end of that 40 minutes you know I'm kind of I'm kind of laid back and I'm doing the technique doing the technique doing the technique you know I can fill this out I can take it back over there you know I can submit it you know I got you know nothing wrong here 
you know, okay, you know, and I fill out my paperwork and I take it back and I, and I turn it in. And I was accepted. It wasn't rejected. So a lot of that was really an emotional hallucination from panic. It's an anxiety. Okay? And a lot of these emotions are just that. They are a set-off triggered flash of this emotional energy. Okay? And... I would not normally recover in 40 minutes with something like that. It could have been 13 hours. It could have been 40 hours. I might have uh, mitigated some of it that day, you know, uh, just just doing other things. But, you know, I wouldn't really have recovered for quite a while. Okay? So the technique actually enhanced my resiliency to recover instead of a 20-minute crying fit breakdown crying fit for 20 minutes inconsolable and uncontrollable and inconsolable crying fit for 20 minutes my crying fits stop in two and a half minutes true no kidding really <laughs> two and a half minutes my crying fits that it used to last 20 minutes stop in about two and a half minutes. Sometimes less, sometimes a little more. It depends on how many other emotions there are and what intensity the shock was. Okay, but uh, I had a little bit of a breakdown today. I had a little bit of a breakdown yesterday. Okay, and I did the technique on that breakdown. And instead of, as my uh, DM, DMV ha, uh, is, is uh, not very well run these days, and I can understand why, but uh, it's not very well run, and I ran into a problem, and uh, in trying to figure things out, I got mad, and I got huffed off, and I got got this uh, shock that shouldn't have happened, because this should not have happened, and I had to uh, go through this stuff. Well, okay. I did the technique on that breakdown. It, it, that, that, the breakdown didn't even last a minute and a half, I don't think. You know? So the technique helps you recover more quickly because we dissipate, we take down, we lessen, and that emotional episode fades and it eventually just stops. And you're sitting there calm. When I discovered the technique, I had not been calm for seven years. My body and brain were just in a total uproar. I had had feces coursing through my blood and veins and all of my internal organs. I had multiple, multiple organ problems. Plus, my autoimmune system is going off like crazy. So the body is in an absolute uproar. The cortisol is through the roof. And my adrenal glands got depleted and could no longer hold off that stress. I was at the end of my resiliency. My father, at 89, had a lung infection. Usually when my father was sick, he was usually back up and around a couple of days. You know, a couple of days. 
in his you know in his 60s 70s you know a couple of days you know and uh, this time uh, we got we got him antibiotics pretty early but he said it was 10 months before he started feeling like himself and then he started having occasional falls and eventually he fell one last time ended up uh, bedridden and uh, died of congestive heart failure because his mitral valve cord ruptured and there's no coming back from that because at 92 they don't give you the operation because it'll kill you and there ain't no resiliency so if you're having a problem with emotional resiliency and even some physiological energy issues with getting your energy back up like listlessness okay the technique can actually help by taking that load and reducing it lessening it making it fade and having it stop at least this particular episode and the next particular episode this is how I do it this is how I stop my PTSD episodes this is how I stop that feeling of pressure on me and being overloaded this is how I deal with isolation from COVID and the pressure that it puts on a person okay this is how I deal with stress there are many 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 emotions of stress I have a whole I have a whole podcast on it okay I have a video on anxiety I have a podcast on uh, depression and suicide and a podcast on suicide emotions and how the technique helps stop those and that actually helps improve the state it helps improve the state of a person's emotions it helps improves the state of mind okay and because it improves those thoughts because those thoughts are based on those emotions and I have observed many 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 times that when the emotion stops the thought stops and that whole thought process can stop and that whole stressful thought process can stop true proved it nearly every day for over 11 years that's over 4,000 times that I have done this uh, successfully and it's not just me people have gotten it and used the technique for severe you know long-term depression lady had you know German lady had uh, 15 years of depression she got the technique she started noticing results right away so did I I stopped an episode of irritation instead of being irritated for for three or four or or more hours over something I was irritated for maybe a minute <laughs> I had a full-blown episode of torment one night I'd, I'd gotten a new computer and I and, and, and I uh, and a new tab I'd gotten a new tablet and uh, I was having some issues with it and stuff like that and I just I just wanted to know my options from Amazon and they automatically gave me a, re a, a refund you know I'm supposed to send the darn thing back now right okay you know all I wanted to know was my was my options what can I do here okay 
Well, I writhed and writhed and writhed and writhed and writhed and writhed and writhed in that. And the ruminating thoughts, ruminating thoughts, ruminating thoughts, ruminating thoughts, and scenario building, and what do I do, what do I do, and the uncertainty and the uncertainty, uh, the stress and all this anxiety, and I'm in torment. I, you know, I was uh, putting, going out and putting the car in that night. Got the garage door open. I go, you know, this is torment. This is torment. This is torment. Well, that's step one. Name it. Call it that. Oh, this isn't torment. This is torment charge. Okay, step two. Address the emotional charge directly. It isn't, th that, that emotion isn't what you think it is. That emotion isn't torment. That emotion is actually feeling the torment charge, the energy frequency that we call an emotion. And it's at this wavelength that we call torment. Okay, and I'm tormenting myself with all of this anxiety and all of these thoughts. How long do you think it took? Four hours? Do you really think I stood out there in the garage for four hours doing, the te doing this technique? No. 40 minutes like my hysteria episode? No. How long do you think it was? Right. Four minutes. I think it was probably four minutes flat, maybe. And I calmed down. And be before I went out to, to put the car in, I couldn't even tell my father what was going on. I was so livid at that point, and so disturbed, and so distraught, and, and so in torment, and turmoil, and torturing myself over this, uh, I couldn't talk to my father. After four minutes of, of doing the technique on that torment charge, I walked in and I told my father about it. <laughs> See, it's no longer a barrier. That emotional upset can be a barrier to communication. It can be a barrier to improving realities. It can be a barrier of what we call affinity, the degree of like and dislike. It can be a barrier to higher levels of emotions, okay? Because a person's stuck in that. It's, it's like a stuck needle, okay? The needle won't go up. The needle won't go down. The needle just sticks there, sticks there, sticks there, sticks there, okay? The technique unsticks it by realizing what it is and doing the technique. So I hope this has been helpful in explaining some of my uh, experiences and uh, views on resiliency and endurance and toughness and elasticity and bouncing back and stuff and how this technique can help a person get back to a better level, okay, of of emotional resilience and help with a person's emotional resiliency in getting back to a nominal state. I'm not saying it's going to be perfect, but it can be back to a nominal state where a person isn't being bothered by that any longer. <laughs> okay? That's the truth. So I hope this has been very helpful. My name is Steve Barham. I'm an 11 year emotional researcher. I am Happiness Today on Twitter for Happiness 
is No Charge, Target Your Emotions, which is the name of my book. Thank you very much for listening. I'll leave some links. Bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. And we'll talk to you again very, very soon.